0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to your latest instalment of JailsNet weekly podcast hosted by myself Craig Gray. It's Sunday the 28th of May and the season's over, thank God for that. Um, guys, just before we get started, this is obviously the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and all content is free. Um, you can get us over at www.gersnet.co.uk where you can see um, a website that's just been updated. Lots of good stuff over there, lots of articles and content for you to um, get in about and obviously on Twitter at Gersnet Online. Um also just want to give us a little message from our sponsors, that's Forest Precision Engineering. They're a subcontract Glasgow based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for many years and we're delighted that they're backing a podcast. You can get them over at www forestprecisioneng.com and you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand for information on how to book this unique and intimate space you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk so that's me done uh, part of the introductions for myself and our sponsors now it's time to introduce my guests for this evening first up it's Mr Gary Valentine Gary how you doing not been on with you for a while I
1: kind of mean the last time I was on, I think it was after the, the Celtic league game, uh, in the away game, it's been, been
0: quite a while. Ah well, didn't want to talk about that again tonight, but here aye, we aye. are, thanks aye. very much. Um, and joining us as well, Mr Brian Archer. Brian, how you doing mate?
2: Yeah, I'm good, just uh, glad the season's over and looking forward to the Newcastle friendly already.
0: Yes, I know and. By the way, Rangers, let's get some friendlies announced in the north of England, um, probably before the Newcastle friendly. That would be good. I've got I a weekend decision bashing Blackpool uh, next month. It would be good to go back there. I
2: want to see training pictures from a training camp in Portugal. I want to hear interviews from I know players p- saying oh. that they're the fittest they've ever been. I... I want to see players vomiting at the side of the pitch because of how much you work out. Michael Beale's putting them through. I want to see all the, the usual pre season stuff again. I'm ready for it already. As long
0: as it's no Dubai we're going to because we don't want to be cursed. We all know what happens when you go to Dubai during um well, either a summer preseason or a winter preseason. But let's not talk about that. Um Gary, I'll start with you yesterday, obviously, St. Mirren, and Rangers three. I suppose it's been a um actually quite a decent end to the season. Four wins out of five in our split fixtures Heart stopped us on, on Wednesday night making it five out of five. Um I was quite surprised with the team. It was it was probably the strongest it could be given the the circumstances, um, but a good way to finish the season anyway, getting the, the three points and another clean sheet for Robbie McCrory.
1: That's it. they picked a lot of boxes for us. See the, the clean sheet which McCrory would be wanting, we managed to introduce some of the, the fringe players. Arfield came on and got a, his final hurrah as well. So, yeah, it was a end of season game. Didn't mean nothing, but we, we, went there, we were went near professional about it. And uh, I I wouldn't imagine the, the managers learned anything or uh, uh, about what's happening. It's it's just going to happen anyway. Um but yeah, good win. That's that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> I suppose you take it. Obviously, none of us were able to to watch the game as it um you know wasn't being broadcast live in Sky or anything like that. So we just had to do with the, the tweet updates for the, the Rangers Twitter. Absolutely none of us went on a holiday, if you know what I mean. Uh, Brian, um it was your fortune the game yesterday, as you know, Gary mentioned there? Kind of a routine win, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I thought it was just a nice, comfortable win, typical kind of end of season game when there's nothing really at stake. Um, a few good performances, though, I've got to say, I'm sure we'll come on to them, but um, yeah, so that was nice to see it. It was nice to see the players not just going through the motions, they did seem to you know at least put in the required effort and kind of want to finish the season on a high, so that was good, I think too often when you see teams playing their last game and they know they've know got nothing to play for you tend to find players just going through the motions and wanting to get it over with but it was um, it was good to see them actually you know, put in the shift that they needed to and, and get the win in the end
0: No absolutely and one player that we're, we're going to talk about who was you know, my man of the match anyway I don't know if he's a jail's night man of the match because I've yeah, I'm not actually watching on YouTube. I can just see the Zoom, so we don't get to see the amazing graphics that you guys do at home. But for me, Fashion Sakala, the guy that scored two goals, um, right before he scored, Gary had like a typical fashion moment where he went in a great run and, and blazed it over the bar, um, and then it's a great pass from Rvdan. Yeah, uh, easy for me to say. I'm just going to call him Yilmaz for now on because that's easier. Um, a good pass for Yilmaz um, to put it through to Sakala, who obviously cut inside and. Gets a wee bit fortuitous with the, um, the deflection off of the defender, but it was 1-0 and it was a, another good shown from him, wasn't it? Yeah, so there's one thing you can't knock
1: him for is that he keeps going back and back and back. No matter how many chances he misses or sitters he misses, he's always there and he's always... Uh, he's no scared to take a shot at goal and that's, that's a, a rarity because in this squad. because I think a lot of them... Uh, at times, been scared to take a shot or take a chance or uh, do something, and they're worried that the the fans will get on their back. But he just keeps going time after time, and then yesterday he's rewarded with two goals. Um, I, I think Sakala's um, he's been one of the players for me that he's been he's been getting kept. He's been uh, I'm not ready. i well, keep he can do a job, but uh, I, think, I think if we look at the big picture um, from him his numbers are, are really impressive. And uh there was uh, all the statistics earlier were were, were uh, given was it 15, 15 goals he's been involved in for November the Beal came back in and that's like, one of the highest in your team. So uh I I think it is what he is. he's never gonna be a first choice player. But I think he's gonna be a cracking squad player. Certainly for against the the, the the games like I said man, like a mother well can I he's a, he's a good option to have.
0: Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that, Gary. And the one that you mentioned there on numbers, he has in terms of like goals and assists. He's, he's been the highest contributor since um, Beals came back. So, um, he started really well when, when Beals came back, obviously scored against Tibbs, scored up at, um, at Aberdeen as well. And, you know, he's, he blows hot and cold. We know what fashions a Cal is like. But one, one guy, this might be a weird comparison, but I would compare him maybe to Alfredo Morelos in the, the sense of the frustration part. Um, I think we get, frustrated at them for completely different reasons for Morelos it's about maybe his discipline and his, his attitude Sakala doesn't like that it's maybe just his ability at times that you you get frustrated with um, but see to be honest I think I would rather be um, questioning or be angry at a player for maybe not having the ability than the for not making the effort I think for me that's something that you know well, it just seemed this season that guys like Morelos have just chucked it in. and one thing um, Brian that you he can't level with Sakala is the fact that you know he he does give it his all every game and he does try his hardest
2: yeah you definitely couldn't accuse him of chucking it as Gary says no matter how many you know times he misses a chance or um, how many times we get frustrated with him he just keeps coming back Um, and he's always got that smile on his face you can imagine him being actually quite a good character to have around the dressing room Um, in terms of that attitude that he seems to have and just never letting anything get him down in terms of the criticism that he's had over the season. So I certainly wouldn't be against keeping him for next season. And um, I think for me, it very much depends on the offers that we get, if we get any. Um, I could see that if we get offers of, in the region of £5 million, I could see a you know potential possibility that they look at it and say that's a good bit of business for someone that we, we signed for nothing. Which I think we need to remember, you know, his, his numbers this season were better than Ryan Kent. And Ryan kept a £7 million signing Fashion to we signed on a free so I think in that context you've got to say that um, he's had a pretty impressive season by those kind of um, standards so for me um, I wouldn't be against keeping him but you know equally if we get the right offer we we'll also um, can see the possibility that he's sold as well
0: Yeah that that is obviously a possibility and we'll, we'll wait to see if people are going to be interested in him over the summer I mean as uh, a strange one with Sakala. The Sakala conundrum, as as many people will call it. You know, he blows hot and cold. But, you know, for me, I, I think he's a really great option to have. You're going to need players like that throughout, throughout the course of a season. He does bring something different. And we've, we've often used the word chaos surrounding fashion Sakala in that he doesn't quite know what he's going to do. But, again, that could actually be a positive for us because if we don't know what he's going to do, then how the hell are the opposition going to know what he's going to do as well? So he can kind of thrive off that. And I think he's definitely a good option to have for certain scenarios. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I do think a lot of people maybe don't realise that, you know, football isn't what it was, you know, 20 odd years ago, where, you know, it's maybe a core group of 13 or 14 players that are playing, you know, 30 odd games a season. You're playing, you know, high 50s, early 60 games a season. That's before international football. That's before all your friendlies, which by the way are now played at, a pretty high, high pace and high standard as well. Qualifiers, there's no really many breaks for football players in, you know, um, in the calendar. Um, obviously, I would imagine the players stopped um, yesterday. Um, you know, they'll, they'll go away for a few weeks and, and go on their holidays and do whatever. And then they'll be back. They'll be back pre-season training. And obviously we've got the first qualifiers for the Champions League at the beginning of August as well, which will um, hopefully be a good bit. No, I, I like Sakala and I definitely hope he's going to be here next year. But it is an interesting point you make there, Brian, about, you know, possible um transfers. Because I think just with, uh, you know, the situation that we find ourselves in as a a club in Scotland, every player is going to have a price. And, you know, I suppose if you get offered, you know, you were saying five million, we won't quote that as what he's worth. You were just throwing a figure out there. Um you know, if we could get that for him, I, I can definitely see the the point in selling him. But we'll need to wait and see what happens. Gary, one guy that we certainly never signed enough. he signed for a, a good few quad last summer was Yilmaz. Um He's played all five games during the split. You know, he's he's getting a run in the team now for the first time. Um, well, since he's been at Rangers, obviously he's had injury issues and and whatnot. Um I, I really like him, you know, he's got a great attitude. I think you can tell with his social media posts as well that he he, he actually enjoys being in Glasgow Glasgow and whatnot. There seem to be reports that he maybe wasn't settled, but he he does seem to, you know, take a lot of pride in playing for Rangers when you when see his posts and um you know he's the the one thing that he maybe lacks is that delivery. But like we said for that first goal yesterday you know, he puts in that ball. He's a to go and get the goal. What What do you make of his performance yesterday, and you know, his Rangers career so far, and moving forward into in next season, Gary?
1: I think he's been uh, slowly getting more impressive per game. Um, I think the the, the problem with Red Van is probably the same as a few of the guys. They've just never had a run of games kind of because of injuries and whatever. it has been stop start. Um, He's had a run of games. He's looked impressive. Before you maybe thought Barisic would be the, the first choice left back when we go into next season. If not, looking for somebody else. as You see, there was a paper talk about him going back to Turkey and things like that. But um, the, the, he offers something different to Barisic. That, that's what I, I quite like about him. Um, and before, we were kind of like a was symmetry, kind we of both fullbacks doing the same thing. So I'd imagine it'd be quite an easy thing to defend against. If you've got one fullback who likes to go inside, another fullback likes to go out wide, and it must be, as you, as you say the there, like uh, chaos, it must be quite a hard thing to follow. So it's, it gives us a good option. So you'd imagine that if we can keep him, it was big money. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if an offer came in that would um, get us our money back, they'd maybe think about it. But um, if, if we were to keep him and bring in another fullback that gives us a different option, I think it'd be a It'd be a player worth keeping. But like a lot of them, I think they're they're gonna be a completely different players once you get a full pre-season into them. And as Brian said, get get the legs ran off them, get them back to fitness.
0: And uh, and hopefully a lot of the players will go on and, and to another level. Aye, take them up to engines all through the summer, that'll be that'll be funny. Um Gary, what's your thoughts on Borna Barisic? He's obviously got a year left and he's still um is he someone that you'd be looking to to keep, sell, maybe even offer a new contract?
1: I certainly wouldn't offer him a new contract. Um, oh, Borna Barisic is is a, is a funny one with me. Um, he's he's obviously he's got his positives. He's some left foot and everything. He is consistent. I still think he, he goes a uh, disappears in in games, especially at, at Parkhead. I don't. I don't
0: know. He must be thirty-one or something. Am I right in saying that? Don't know if he's quite as old as I, I think. He's twenty-nine or thirty. I'll give it a wee check sure. and I'll, I'll. I'll update. I'll update people in two seconds. Born ninety-two, so he's thirty-one this
1: year. I certainly think um, if an offer came in from, like you could shake his hand, and say you've had a, a decent Rangers career. It has had ups and downs. But, um. I, I'm just in the mindset of a lot of these players that it's, it's, they've run their race. Yeah. Can I, I'd imagine he'd be on big money as well. Can, if we, got our, we didn't pay that much for him. Was it £2 million we paid for him? Mm, something but like if you,
0: that, yeah.
1: If you can move him on, get somebody else in, use his wages a bit d- d- different. And The thing is, Ridvan will be on decent money as well for the, the fee we paid for him. So can you afford to have can, two kind higher paid players in the same position?
0: Yeah, I'd move him on if it was me, but I don't know. I'll, I'll trust Bill's judgment on that one. And well, that's what we're here for. We're entitled to the opinions, Brian. Same question to you first about about Yelma, is what what you made of his performances the last sort of few weeks, and, and where do you see him going into next season, mate?
2: Yelmaz, I think he's been very impressive. Um, I think he he'll be able to start left back next season, assuming we don't get enough for him off the in the summer that we decide that we can't turn down. Um, so I think he'll be starting left back next season, Like so. I, I like the variation he managed to play. Um, you know, Barisic was quite one-dimensional in the sense that his only thought was to, you know, get the ball on the left-hand side and whip it into the box. Now, don't get me wrong, he, he whipped some great balls into the box, to be fair to him. Um, but young man's has got a bit different options and different kind of variations to these plays. So I think that gives us something different when we're attacking down that side, which can only be a positive and so I would definitely be eh, one to on to him unless, as I guess with all the players at Rangers, every player's got their price so if we get an offer that we just feel we can't turn down then then I guess they would let him go but I'd be I'd be all for keeping him and just seeing what he can do with a full season as a starting left back particularly given that he'll have a full pre-season under his belt this time and hopefully steer clear of injuries. Um, and in terms of Arisic, I'd probably be looking to, to move him on. I don't think he's going to be the type of player that will be happy sitting on a bench for the majority of the season. I think he'll want to play. Um, so I'd be looking to to move him on and try and get some kind of money back for him. We've probably had our money's worth out of him anyway, if it was the £2 million we paid for him. you could, I think there's, there's a fair argument there to say that we've had £2 million worth of value out of him in terms of what he's given us over the years that he's been here. Um, and after that first season I don't think many fans would have expected him to stay for as long as he has done so um, I think he's been a a very good servant and I would happily, you know shake his hand and and let him move on No, he
0: has been a good servant I think you've made a good point there Brian, in terms of getting your money's worth you know, he cost two million quid we've had five seasons out of him Um, what's that 400 grand a season before wages it's pretty good considering the the numbers that he gets and and whatnot I'm, I'm Torn on Barisic, to be honest, um, you know, the, the, I actually thought at first that in terms of Yilmaz, that Bill just didn't fancy him because he wasn't playing him for a, for a wee while. Um, obviously, he's played in the last five games, and he's kind of done the same with Matondo. Who, uh, Matondo, sorry, who I also felt that Bill didn't fancy, but I'm kind of in this wee sort of thinking mode where I'm going. And on one hand, you know. Maybe he does fancy them. And then on the other hand, maybe he's just playing them in these sort of meaningless games, quote-unquote, to get them out in the shop window to show clubs that, you know, they're still here, they're still alive. Um, you know, we can sell them. So, I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Going into next season, obviously, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. One thing I will say, though, is I found it a bit strange that Barisic came on for Yilmaz yesterday. Um, I don't know as if maybe that was... Bill giving him sort of one last wee wee outing as a Rangers player. Um, obviously the place where his his Rangers career kicked off when he scored that free kick and Paisley um, a few seasons ago. So I found that a bit weird because he never mentioned an injury to Elmas afterwards or anything like that. So I don't know. Um, the Union Bears were also chanting his name a lot. See when the players were doing like the you know the 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 walk around the pitch and what have you after the the Hearts game you know, obviously Barrisage isn't one of the players confirmed to be leaving, but, you know, he was the only guy out with the, the five players that were leaving that was getting sung about, which, you know, I don't know, I just think that maybe um, Bill bringing him on yesterday, it might point to him leaving in the summer, but, I don't know. That's just me, you know, putting two and two together and who knows? Maybe I get four, maybe I get five. But we'll find it.
1: enough. I, I was going to say as well, it's, it's not uh, against the realms of possibility that we could get £2 million for Borna Barisic by a year remaining on his deal and, and breaking even with him. It's, yeah. he's, a, he's a sellable asset. He's an international footballer. I, I dare say if we if were looking to move him on, he wouldn't he be? shotty clubs that would be interested in him because as we've all kind of said he's he's, 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 got his good points I think it would definitely be a player we could move on to free up some money if we
0: needed it No I I think you're right Gary I mean uh, I think him and Lundsham are in quite similar situations well you know they've got a year left in their contracts. Now, right now, I would be quite happy for them to stay for next season as, you know, squad players because I think they both can contribute something and then maybe at the end of next season get review their situation. I don't mind that, but at the same time, if you're getting offered money for these guys who are big earners, the a year left in their contract that you can reinvest in fresh blood coming in. I don't think the club's in a position to turn that down and I think both Barisic and Moonstrom are in um, some more positions there. But, um, Gary, obviously... You know, that one yesterday, it means that since Beals came in, you know, Rangers, on, you know, the games played with that, you know, are actually top of the league since Beals came in. I can see all your 12 year old Celtic fans, you know, with a picture of Jota and their Twitter profiles going, oh, what a trophy for Rangers and their mum's bedroom and what have you. But, you know, it's, it's, it's positive heading into next season. We're not stupid here. We know that, it, you know, this season it doesn't mean anything, but Bill hasn't done a bad job in the league anyway. Um, when you look at the numbers, we've lost, what, two games? One of the games that we've lost we shouldn't have lost at Parkhead because of that ridiculous decision involving Morello as his goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the time the Aberdeen game comes around, well look, Celtic fans say it, so I'll say it. If them getting uh, beaten games when the league's done is a meaningless game, there is getting beat at Petordia when the league's done is also a meaningless game, so you can't account that either. So, you know, do you, do you think that's a positive heading into next season, showing that you know Bill can can sort of, yeah, use the term go toe to toe with Celtic anyway.
1: Well, see, just purely looking on the in the big picture, when Bill came in, I think ninety percent, ninety five percent of Rangers fans have said that the league was over in, in November.
0: Yeah.
1: All he could have targeted was to cut that gap. Mm-hmm. It does doesn't no matter if the league was over; if it's we're still going. He's managed to do that. So that's a plus. We've managed to beat Celtic. That's another plus. If, if we, we drew Ibrox there and, and went into next season, still nowhere where win against Celtic. That's mere pressure again. But we've got that. Going with that as well, just obviously Celtic are, are the team of the kind of challenge. There's not been any drubbings under Peel. It's been games without with goal. Games that we've shot ourselves in the foot, as usual, against Celtic. So there, there's certainly positives there. The only negative is probably the League Cup final. I felt he kind of maybe went with the wrong team. I, I don't know what the fitness was of eh, eh, the players at that time. But eh, other than that, there's, I, I think, think Bill's done as much as he can do with that squad of players and a lot of football are kind of slating him for it with saying certain things and contradicting himself. I think he's done well to kind of keep that squad uh, ticking along and just get that rinse that last wee bit out of them before the changes happened in the summer. And uh, I applaud him for that because if you, if you look at some of the performances before he came in, that team was proper broken and he's managed to, to, to not say turn it around but he's managed to get a tune at them anyway. And uh I would say guys like maybe Suter, Redvan, guys like that, he's possibly saved their careers because the way it was going, guys would have just said, get rid of them all. But you've got boys there that are actually lifted a wee bit. I'd say even Lundstrom in that as well. I think he's played well the last few games. But then, is it one of them to play well when it's meaningless? When it comes to the big games and they maybe crumble a wee bit. Uh, so I'm positive for the, the summer, but I don't think Bill could have done much more than what he's done. Uh, there's always a the fine margins. When they fine margins, we could be looking at a, a, a cup double.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, look at the end of the day, um, two years in a row now in terms of the league, the games against Celtic have cost us. If you know we'd beaten Celtic, but we'd have won the league. It's it's quite simple. Uh, the last two seasons, um, which to be fair, actually is kind of well. You know, Rangers and Celtic should be, um, year in, year out. Um, and although the last two years, you know, Celtic have wrapped up the league with a couple of games to go, the fact that it is solely down to the old firm games does show, you know, a level of competitiveness that I've not seen in Scottish football for, you know, for the best part of a decade anyway. Um, but I think I made a, a few good points, I got I mean, look, Bill's had five games against Celtic. He's obviously only won one of them, but, I would give him pass marks in terms of setting teams up, tactics, etc. And four the Rose Five, like you said, the League Cup final, I think he made a mistake. But you know, you're human, you're going to make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? He was he, he was still young, and in the job at that point, He still is just now. But um, you know, I you've I I, 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 got I, I to look at, at
1: right. the, the bigger picture as well. Like uh, 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 I think, I I don't think he was a stupid guy. I think he's came in in November. I must. He's certain that, that they had all these talks that they're about to implement in November. We know he's been he's was watching Rangers before he even got the job. He's obviously said straight away, this has got to happen. And he's used all this time to get things in place, try things, see if players had the heart. Kamara, for example, he spoke him, him up, never mm-hmm. seen him for, for months other than that cameo the other night. Mm-hmm. He's he's came in with a, a, a plan. And it seems like it's just bit by bit. He's went through that full season. If it sorry for November, doing wee bits and bobs, wee tweaks here. He changed it slightly yesterday as well. We playing He said he played the forwards wider. He's saying there's going to be more changes again next season. So it's bit by bit. He's made
0: wee changes and tried different things, and obviously seen what he could get out of certain players. And as I say, that I think either way, we guys like this we're either going to get a decent transfer fee for them in the summer, maybe a money back, but, like, but we'll certainly recoup a fair, a fair amount of it or we'll get a good player there. So either way, that that is a positive for us, do you know what I mean? Whereas beforehand, they were just going to boot in the wilderness anyway and you can't have that. Um, you can't have guys you know, sitting on the bench or not even in the squad that's on 20 plus grand a week that have cost millions and millions of pounds. So um, I, I think he's gotten, as you say, Gary, the best out of the, the players as he probably could have got. And um, I actually never really thought about that. That there, you know, the whole sort of premise of working in the background and and whatnot, which is quite interesting because the more I think about it, the more that I think he has been doing that. Somebody like Todd Cantwell, I mean, he well, it seemed that he came out of the blue, but how how long did Bill have his eye on him for? All did did you know did Bill maybe been about his situation at Norwich? You would imagine that he would given his contacts down there and and you know working in that same league with QPR and then he goes, "Oh well, there's a player that I know I can get the best out of," and he has so far so. No, it's definitely pointing in the right directions going into next season. Um, Brian, the recruitment's going to be the big thing, obviously, heading into the summer. And, you know, I know we've shot ourselves in the foot against against Celtic a good number of times this season with, with unforced errors. But the manager for me, as I say, has gotten it wrong 20% of the time. If I think if you're getting it right, tactically, 80% of the time against Celtic. That's pretty good, and you need to remember that the players that are making these unforced errors and individual mistakes, they're not going to be here next season. So, you know, I, I think we're in we're in for a good season next season. What what's your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I've got total confidence in Bill. I've I've no doubt that he's as a coach, he's more than capable of going toe to toe to- with them um, Celtic in terms of tactically and setting up the team. And I think once. He's got his group of players together. he have got a full pre-season under the belts. I I don't see why why we can't um kind can um get a top spot back. I know people. I think when you listen to people outside talk about how dominant Celtic have been, it can it can seem like a, a mammoth task. But you know, up here, twenty point swings can happen in the Coast of We've seen it ourselves after fifty five. You know, we all thought we were potentially safe for a couple of years of winning the league, and then you know, what happened across the road happened and, and they kind of got themselves together and, um, you know, that 20-point that lead that we had for the previous year vanished. Um, so, for me, it's not. It's absolutely possible that that we can um, have a good season next season and, and get the lead back. Um, confidence in Bill in terms of recruitment. He seems to know what he wants in terms of a player. I like how he's all about, you know, I want to sit down with a player and look into their eye and really see that they want to come and play for Rangers. You can clearly see from Todd Cantwell that he wanted to come and play for Rangers. He's totally buying into the club and everything we're about. And you can see just in his attitude on the pitch that he, he loves being here. And I think he would love nothing more than to win some silverware with Rangers. So I've got total faith in Bill in terms of the players that he's bringing in. Um, just on your point, that you may thing about, you know, what happening in the background. I think Keenan Dill had said that he spoke to Michael Wheel first about the move about two months ago, so clearly he is you know, doing a lot of things in the background that we're not necessarily seeing, but there's conversations happening with players. Just like Michael Beale said, to be honest, he's been quite open that he's been meeting players since their life. Um, he's not been shy in telling us in press conferences that he's been away um, here, later and everywhere meeting players, so um, that's good to hear. And yeah, I think... Um, the board seemed to back him as well, which is, is always good. He's obviously been here before, so he knows the kind of people higher up in terms of the board and new CEO and things like that. So he's got already got good relationships with him. So that's all positive. So yeah, I'm really just totally excited for getting the pre season started and um, watching some new signings. No,
0: absolutely. And Kieran Dow is going, going to be an interesting one. He's someone who I think you know. When I say I'm not convinced by him, that probably sounds really bad. I think he has a decent player, he's a good age, he's probably, he probably fits a profile. I don't think he's as talented as Tillman or Haji, but like I mentioned with Sakhali earlier, you still need players like this to build a decent squad around to try and, and get you through the course of a 55, 60 plus game season. For us anyway, our target in in Europe as well is playing European football after Christmas, whether that's in the Champions League, well, if only, or the Europa League or whatever. We we need to be trying to play European football post Christmas every single year. Um, That's got to be the aim. Um, And you've got to bring in guys to to do a job. Um, One thing about Bill that I really like as well is his, his passion for Rangers. Like, Bill, it's not that Bill wants to be here; it's Bill wants to be here, you know he clearly done a lot and knocked back a lot just to get through that front door eye boxcks, and you know you can tell that when he was here the first time round the whole club just gripped him in a special way um, and you know the fact that bill you know. I've got no doubt that he probably was, you know, a wee bit, you know, pushy about trying to get the job and and whatnot. But I like that because that means that he wants to be here. You can't see him doing a, you know, a Brendan Rodgers or a Stephen Gerrard style U-turn in a couple of years' time if things are going well, and then he's patchy in the middle of the season, despite what QPR fans will probably tell you anyway. But uh, you know, I, I just think the guy's passion—not just for Rangers, but the guy's passion for football as well. He loves what he does and, you know, it's, it is weird because you see the Celtic manager have a wee go at him yesterday with his, his comments and and whatnot and it's just like, I get the whole part is in nature of Scottish football and all that and maybe people having a wee joke but genuinely Michael Beale does come across and I'll say this in a personal note and dealing with him at press conferences and whatnot, he's just a genuinely nice, likeable guy, probably does talk a lot, do you know what? Who, who cares if that's the most that you can accuse somebody of doing? This talking a lot. You know, <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. Do you know what I mean? I think people are maybe a wee bit confused by some of the things that he says, which is fair enough. But you learn that in time. He's a, he's a young coach, and you know, he, he's got a clear vision and a clear view of what of what he wants to do. And Brian, we mentioned that their recruitment looking ahead to next season. He's got his recruitment right so far, 100%, really. We're asking him, can't, well, can't ask him to do anymore. We've obviously brought in Dowell. What positions for you are the ones that need strengthened the most?
2: Taking back on your previous point about, you know, one of the other things I this do is I think he's clearly relishing the challenge of, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're the underdogs and he, I think he, he's relishing the challenge of taking us where he wants us to take us to and being the one to kind of topple Celtic in their, you know, dominance that everyone's kind of... We'll see that they've got going on just now. So I think he's got, I don't know, there's something about him when he speaks about next season. He seems to really be just relishing that opportunity for him to be the one and his team to be the one to kind of get us back on top. And and I think he's kind of that single-focused mindset of, you know, we're going to win the league next season. It's the same that when Defoe spoke about the 55 season, he spoke about how everyone's mindset was totally focused on 55. This season, we're doing it. Nothing's going to stop us. And I think Michael is the type of manager that can instil that mindset into this new sport that we're going to have going into next season. So yeah, I'm totally looking forward to it. And I think in terms of where we need to strengthen, to be honest, I think we probably need bodies in all over the pitch. Um, But for me, it's it's less about numbers for me and more about the quality. For me, I think we need players of similar quality if we can get them to and in Canwell. Obviously, had it not been for their situations in terms of they were out of contract this summer anyway, we possibly wouldn't have been able, they may have been out of our reach in terms of um, transfer fees and, and possibly wages. But if we could pull off another couple of those kind of signings where it's players that have got something to prove, you know, Canwell would kind of fallen away at Norwich. He was, I think, he was once rated at like £50 million, I think, man, you were been interested, way back when, when Norwich won the Premier League and he was doing really well, um, but he came to Rangers having, you know, not much football and fell out, falling out of favour favorite Norwich, you can tell he's got something to prove, and I think that's only benefiting us, and I think the same way with Raskin, he'd be frozen out in um, standard days, and I think he's come here with something to prove, he's kind of admitted himself that Rangers is a bit of a stepping stone, and I'm kind of okay with that, if if that means that he does really well for us and he picks up a lot of medals and then we send them on his way, having made a profit on him, I'm totally fine with that, to be honest. Um, in terms of positions to prioritise, we we definitely need central midfielder. At least one, maybe two for me. Kind of dynamic, creative central midfielders. We need forwards, we need players that get numbers. For all the good work that we've seen Brian Kent do over his time here, His numbers for me were always the the kind of bit that let him down in terms of his goals and assists. He never scored enough goals for me. For me, players that play in those wide positions, for Rangers, they need to be scoring goals. They need to be contributing 10 to 15 goals a season. I don't think we ever got that from from Ken. So for me, in the forward areas, we need to add goals. Um, Defensively, I think it's more about cover for me. Goldson and Souter should be a slam two centre halves next season. And when fit, I know everyone's still got their injury concerns about Souter. But for me, since he's came back and he's been, he's been an absolute colossus and these last couple of games. And particularly when Goldson's not actually been there, he's going to take in the leadership role in terms of marshalling that back four. And when playing next to Leon King and John Lundstrom, who are not an actual centre back, and so. Um, I think for defence we probably just need cover, um, and I think we definitely the goalkeeper. I said this in a previous part. I wouldn't be totally adverse to seeing Robbie McCrory being given the number one, and maybe saving. So I know we're rumored to be in for Jack Butland. I'm guessing he would command quite a high wage, um, relative in in relative terms for Rangers. I wouldn't be massively against. Um not signing him and maybe saving some of that money and spending it in the forward area and um, and maybe going with McClory as number one at some point he's got to be given a chance I know everybody's saying that he's inexperienced but at some point in time Alan McGregor was inexperienced and we gave him his chance and look what happened I'm not going to say that Robbie McClory is going to go on and have the career that Alan McGregor had but at some point he's got to be given a chance and I wouldn't be adverse to it being next season
0: no, absolutely, Brian. Um, Gary, um as you know, we've we'll mentioned recruitment as is a big thing going forward. I think for me and Michael Bill, actually to it um the other day. Um I think actually in the midfield we're okay. I think we probably will need another one or two just to, you know, beef beef it up a wee bit. Tamara's probably going to leave as well, so you know, a wee bit more cover in depth there. But I think we're actually okay in the midfield. Um Defensively and especially up front, it needs a complete overhaul. Um, Michael Bill keeps using this term: losing games in in both boxes. So, it, does it surprise you then that the players that we need in the most are, are centre halves and, and forwards that can that can score goals?
1: Well, actually, I, 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 I had a a thought on Wednesday, was that as a lot of the problems for defence coming for. The confidence of the goalkeeper that they know he won't come, and that's that's why we've been conceding silly goals because Ross McCrory seems to command these box player that wee bit higher up, and we've looked a lot more solid, as we say. Was it four clean sheets and five he's had? Um, so I, I think a, a goalkeeper that the defence, no matter who it is, can trust and have confidence in is massive for us, and that, that's, that can be the like the best signing we make? Um, as much as I love Alan McGregor, I, I, I think uh, he maybe stayed on the season too long, and uh, I, I think all these folks are there to see now that, as I say, it doesn't command these box. It, it doesn't even command these six-yard box, and I think uh, that must rub off onto the players, as we were talking about Barisic earlier. If you were just to take the squad that we've got now and keep Barisic in it. Golds not no getting replaced, Tavernier's no getting replaced. So would you just be replacing one defender the the, the defence that you've had that's been a bit of a shambles? So that's why I think they might go with Advan. And I certainly think that we should get another centre half um, to replace Davis. I think he's a uh, or Davies. I think he's um another one that we could get our money back for, move him on, snow worked, and get somebody a bit higher quality as for the front line we we need people that are going to contribute we always we keep looking at the 55 season and and it's our only kind of uh, successful period really but you had Ruth you had Itton you had Morelos you had Hadji all contributing Kent as well all scoring goals look at Celtic now you've got Maeda Abada Jota Kyogo all scoring goals, we need to get that because at this rate, this minute, as I are saying, it's Sakala who's plus hot and gold. Uh, yeah, Kolak scored a few goals at the start of the season, but we need people that will do this the full season and consistently and that's, it, it's a, it, as Bill said, it's a hard thing to do. Players like that cost money, but I'd like to think that there's been enough scouting that we've done over the last few years that there'll be enough names out there and players that will know we maybe get a couple of gems uh, but uh, to, like, total priority for me has to be a solid goalkeeper and three attackers that's going to get the numbers that we require
0: yeah I agree um, we, we need to go back to that just having numerous players that are that are going to contribute and you know it's about finding value for money we can you know all say here that we need to sign guys at five, ten million quid or whatever but at the end of the day See, I do not think a the money matters
1: yeah. I, I didn't think the money about A lot of people, like, you, you, you'll see it in, the, in, in probably your, your press conferences, they'll, they'll, they'll say, so, so what's the budget? Is it 10 million? Is it 15 million? Because they, they want this big number. Alfredo Marrellis cost us a million pounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, can Tav would cost uh, two and a half, two, 250,000. Uh, 250 grand yeah, 250, Tav, to me. It's like Joe Arriba, can That's players recently. Kamara. There's been there's been decent players in the past. As long as we've got scouting there, and can find these players, it doesn't no matter about fees.
0: But they just need to come in and perform. Yeah. No, that's absolutely it. That. Um, right, Brian. A question for you: What do Hamza Yusuf, Nicholas Sturgeon, Susan Aitken, and Michael Stewart have in common? Is this a quick question?
2: No, it's not a trick question. They they all condemned the Rangers support after fifty-five. And none of them condemned anything that happened last night.
0: Well done, Brian. You've won Rangers' first trophy this season. Well done. Um yeah. Um I, I did tweet about it about an hour ago. Um obviously we've seen, you know, the shambles and, you know, Glasgow Cross yesterday with um opposition FC supporters up you know, North Sea Oil workers or you know, basically describing anything that isn't saying Celtic fans. So, you know, if they're a postman, they're a postman, but they're not a Celtic fan, even if they're wearing a Celtic strip. Um, Look, I think to get it out in the open first, first things first, when you have um thousands upon thousands of people gathering in the middle of the street that are all filled up with booze and possibly other things, they're going to get trouble, OK? I, I get that that happens. Um... You know, and I'm not here to try and bash on people's parades, even though you know I personally don't like it happening when it's not my team doing it. But you know, people want to go out and celebrate if they're having a drink, enjoying themselves, no getting up to bother. Which, by the way, the vast majority obviously will. Um, you know, we're not we're not here to report untruths or anything like that. Um, but for the second year in a row now, um, we're seeing violence, we're seeing vandalism. We're seeing businesses shut down um, in the local area and it's all bad things. And normally when bad things happen in your constituency, when bad things happen in your city and your country, the people in charge of that country will do something about it. Um, we've seen a couple of years ago um, bad things happen at George Square. Maybe not to the same extent as it was happening last night because we're now talking about people being hospitalized and you know, I'm sure we've all seen rumors about what's been said to have happened and we won't go into that because at the end of the day, we don't know if that's true or not. But what is true is that there have been people that are in severe conditions in hospital, which didn't happen a couple of years ago. Um, Within hours, Brian, Nicholas Sturgeon... Hamza Yousaf, Michael Stewart, Susan Aitken, the list goes on and on and on and on. I only put Michael Stewart in that because he's a a wannabe SNP politician and I'll just use any opportunity I can to to bash him away but um, it's not the fact that Celtic fans are going out and partying that are annoying people. It's the fact that the powers that be, the usual suspects are not calling it out. When Rangers do it it's bad. When Celtic do it, it's good, Brian.
2: Yeah, it's it's the double standards that we've, we've kinda of seen before. It's not it's not anything new, you know. You mentioned terms of use there, this was a guy that when he was justice secretary he wanted punishment for a video that wasn't even real. So, you know, that, that to me that kinda of, it says it all about kinda of how how Rangers are viewed and the kind of corridors of of power and I think it's just, unfortunately, the the way it is now, it, it doesn't help when we've kind of been where we've been the last 10 years. It's difficult for um, Rangers as a club to have any kind of influence at that level. when you know, we've been fighting our own fires for the past decade. Um, so I suppose that's been kind of difficult. Um, and yeah, it wasn't a massive surprise that what happened yesterday happened, I think. It was pretty predictable that obviously when fans of football team win a trophy, the fans want to party. And as you say, when any group of people gather, you know, you can see it at Transmit or tea in the park. There's always going to be some some kind of damage and you kind know, of scenes that we don't like to see. Um, and then it was just as predictable that there wasn't going to be much in the way of condemnation. Um, unlike a couple of years ago. Um, but it's kind of difficult to, to say much more because I've sort of seen it all before. and It's all kind of fairly predictable. No, as Gary, a,
0: a couple of years ago, some, something that, that really wound me up about George Square, and I don't know if I've actually told anyone about this, but um, the stuff that happened at George Square a couple of years ago, everything was fine in George Square up until about 10 o'clock at night. Um, people are enjoying themselves drinking, singing, whatnot. Um nothing was being damaged, nobody was fighting. You're talking about the most minor of minor of incidents that happened because of, as we've mentioned, people that are drinking all day and whatnot. Now, at maybe about half past nine, quarter to ten, um one of my pals came up to me and said, Craig, okay, you need to get out of here and I said, Why? He said, His dad's a police officer and he said, My dad just had a text that at ten o'clock we're going to come in with a riot, police. And basically it's all going to kick off. So that is what happened. Essentially what Police Scotland allowed in George Square a couple of years ago was people to go out and drink for 10, 11, 12 hours in the street, get fueled up on booze, allow them to do whatever they wanted. And then just randomly at 10 o'clock came in with riot police. It it seems like it was something that was done to wind up football fans. I've mentioned this before. And this has got nothing to do now with like Rangers fans or Celtic fans or whoever, right? I think it's a general approach to policing within football as well here. That, in my opinion anyway, you do get police officers who will do whatever they can do to try and wind up football fans so that they will react and they will do something that then tarnishes their name and reputation. Now, I'm not here to try and say some of the stuff that happened at George Square a couple of years ago was acceptable. I absolutely wasn't. Um, You know, but at the end of the day, if you're allowing people to do all this stuff throughout the day and then you come in with riot police towards tens of thousands of people who have been drinking all day, what do you expect is going to happen? Do you think they're just going to say, oh, I'm not, you know, whatever. They're not. You're going to get people that are going to fight back. And what I will say, at least for the Rangers fans, it was a place that they were fighting and, you know, they weren't putting all their, all their own fans in hospital. Um, I'm I'm genuinely just sick of it, as Brian said, but it's the same thing that we speak about all the time. It's time and time again. You know, Rangers, after what happened in George Square, you know, published communications that they had with Police Scotland, basically showing that Rangers did everything in their power to prevent what happened happening. And Rangers could not be held liable or responsible for what happened because they followed the correct channels. You had people in Positions of power and influence in Scotland Who try to suggest That Rangers were at fault for what happened Are these same people going to say the same For Celtic the last day or so? No, of
1: course they're not um, Probably the reason you can't eh, find These people is because they're still hung over for you Aye. But, um, what was the uh, 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 Frankie told us On Wednesday Says Write down an envelope What do you think is going to happen over the next couple of days we'll read it out on Sunday night everyone else would probably predict what's going to happen. And uh, as you say, there's idiots on both sides, but Celtic fans seem think like they're untouchable because of what we've spoke about, the the, the, um, the way things are reported. As you say, it's, 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 a, it's a guy from that side of Glasgow, he was wearing green and white hoops, football fan, rather than just saying a Celtic fan we all joke about it but it happens and we know what happens and it's it's at the stage now it's it's normalised and we laugh about it and it is what it is it's that's taken Celtic a long long time to get people or oh, sound like a total conspiracy theorist saying that there's a lot of Celtic minded people in high positions now and it's taken a long time for that to happen and Celtic are reaping the benefits of that and it's got to take people a lot smarter than me and a lot, uh, more powerful roles than me to change that. But as what as, but it is, we've just got to keep calling it out for for what it is time and time again. But I, I, I dare say if we win the league next year and there's something again at George Square, I, I, I dare say we'll be sitting and saying, "Oh, big bad Rangers."
0: Aye, it's always the same. I mean, Brian, Gary touched on it there, but what can we actually do to to try and sort of fix this narrative? Because, you know, I think it's kind of, you know... There's a the Rangers mentality and there's a the Celtic mentality, you know. The Rangers mentality, stiff, up a get on with it, don't moan, don't complain. The Celtic mentality, moan about everything. Even if things are going in your way, still moan about it. Um, because eventually we'll, you know... Even know there's it referees hope, against worse. them, by the way. Twenty there? Oh, no. It, referees against them. Aye, it, it's the worst conspiracy ever. Like, even the like women's genuinely. team they're against as well. I oh, know, and and ironically, the women's team had a bad decision go for them today as well. That that might have changed the game. Um, even though it was actually offside, and you know the decision was right, but you know we're not going to sit here and moan about it. But uh, that is an interesting, interesting point, Brian, because Gary mentioned it there, this is something that's happened now over a, a period of time. You know, the part of this in power in Scotland having just came up out of nowhere. They've been in power now for sixteen years and. The way the polls are going, whilst they're, they're taking a bit of a hit now, they're probably still going to be in power come the next Scottish Parliament elections, and it's been looking in the background before that as well, you know, this whole sort of stiff upper lip mentality get on with it, it's clearly not working, and it's not worked, so... Do you know what we can do to try and change it? Gary says call it out every time we can. I think for, for us as, as supporters, I think that's the only thing we can do is whenever we see hypocrisy by in Power, call it out and hold these people in power to account.
2: I think there's, there's two things for me that the club can do. Firstly, we need to get back to being the dominant force in Scottish football again. And I don't mean just for one season. I mean, we need to be consistently winning lead titles and trophies over the course of the next five to ten years. Um, and then I think the club also need to be a bit smarter about playing the political game, about getting political operators within the club to, to kind of garner that influence in the corridors of power. Um, and that only comes through time. I don't think the club can play statement was and release a statement about anything that happened last night because effectively it was nothing to do with Rangers. Um, So, you know, shouting about it in public, I don't think it's going to do them any favours. I think a lot of this only changes by things that happen in the background. You know, effectively, in terms of how they operate, the media and how things are reported around Celtic, it's kind of similar to the position that Rangers were in in the 90s when David Murray was kind of at the top of his game and he had influence with people in positions of power in the media and he was able to control the narrative a bit and then when he lost interest Pierre Lawwell came in at Celtic and he's kind of flipped that on its head and it's been that way ever since but for me, the first thing that needs to happen is on the park we need to get back to being the dominant force in Scottish football over the course of the next 5-10 to 10 years then we need to get smarter about playing the political game and trying to garner that kind of influence in the positions of power and then I think you'll see things start to change but it's not going to be a thing that happens overnight it's something that happens over the course of 5-10 to years
0: Yeah I agree Brian it's it's a long term game that we're we're going to have to play I'm afraid Um,
2: I also think we've got the people in the club now in terms of Bennett and Bisgrove that they're no shrinking violets, they won't lie down when Rangers fans are being unfairly treated or unfairly criminalised mm-hmm. i think now we've got people in positions at the club that will call this out and that will kind of work away in the background in the way they need to to try and kind of solve some of this
0: mm-hmm. gary lastly before we, we wrap up um a more general sort of point well, there's been talk now maybe of people suggesting that you know sort of mass events like this you know that maybe the club should try and do something, you know, organise something either, whether it be in a stadium or in a park. You know, you look at Celtic, they've got Glasgow Green quite close to them. Ibrox, they've got Bella Houston Park quite close. you have got two massive outdoor sort of arenas that, you know, the clubs could maybe hire out, you know, kind of like a music festival, or gig or a concert type thing, sell tickets and actually place it properly. Um, because I think, you know, and look at the end of the day, I think we're, we're trying to be as fair as we can here, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of people that were there yesterday and a lot of people that were there at, at George Square a couple of years ago whereas uh, don't bother going to the games and stuff like that. They just want to have an excuse to go out, do something and um, be a part of something and, and, you know, just cause trouble because you just get people like that, unfortunately. But I think that's a decent idea in fairness. The only thing that might make it difficult is because footballs are a sort of spontaneous game. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't exactly have Bella Houston Park hired out for a possible Rangers party. If You know, it's gone to the last game of the season and it, you don't know going to happen. Well, it, 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 exactly. Um, I suppose the last sort of three years that we've seen these mass gatherings happen, the league has been wrapped up in plenty of time. So, you know, th- there's no excuse for it not to happen, to be honest. It's actually a, a son I've never ever thought of. It's, a,
1: it's quite a, a good idea that... Um... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know but the, the, the answer is. At the end of the day, the, the reason Rangers done it was because we were in the middle of lockdown and people hadn't seen each other. And it was the first time in 10 years and whatever it was, it was it was a lot of um, things were in place there that, that made, made George Square happen. But um, it seems that Celtics now says, well, this is the norm now. Every, every time we we, we win the league, we're going to have a big party in the street. But uh, what, what will happen is that, that the powers that be will put a stop to it because the, if you've seen some of the videos of the, the state, eh, the strong gate, the gallagate, whatever, eh, this morning, it was like Sunday, one of the 9 11 documentaries.
0: To, the to be fair, Gary, the, the gallagate looks like that normally. So
1: I'll um, take you for that. that's not a place I'd go down to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, as I say, it's going to get to the stage where they're just going to say, "No, nah, it's not happening and it's, it'll probably cause more bother when people don't try and do it, so they, they should maybe look at um, something as you said, a bit more organised, something that can be policed a bit better but then it would also be beneficial to the, the politicians in whoever, because then if it was organised by the club,
0: then they could blame the club if there was any bother Aye, no, that's an interesting point but we'll definitely need to wait and see what happened and in- Lastly guys, before we go, Dundee United get relegated today, which is really funny. Um but that's us anyway. Um in terms of our our sort of usual flagship show for the season. Um it's been <laughs> it's been an incredible, incredible season. I've got to say in a personal note, I want to thank, you know, Frankie and, and you know, you guys or and, and everyone that's been on and, and listened at home. This has been my sort of first season with Gelsnet and you know, I've been really welcomed into the community and with everybody and, you know, it's been a great honour to, to come on and, you know, just talk nonsense with people for for an hour most Sundays or most Fridays or what have you. Um Whilst this is a last official sort of flagship show in terms of reviewing games and whatnot, we will be back next Sunday um for a season review, which I'm sure you'll all be delighted by um at home. But it is something that we need to do. I think it'll be it'll probably be quite good. Um a good form of medication, maybe to go through everything again and um just see exactly where it went wrong. Colin will be hosting that guy, so you will get to see him one last time. Um hopefully it won't be the last time, you know. Hopefully we'll be, be coming back and certainly in some capacity next season, but in terms of official shows anyway, that'll be his last one um, so you're not going to want to miss that anyway all that's left to do then is thank my guests for coming on, Brian, thanks for coming on mate. Thank you
2: pleasure as
0: always. Absolutely and Gary, thanks for coming on mate Cheers, 7056 next season Aye, let's hope so, thanks very much for your um, support throughout the season guys and we'll see you next week for the last show Bye bye